Today's bonus episode of the Buttecast is brought to you by Park Street Liquors. If you're looking for it, Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew today. They can assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menu. They can also point you to the finest whiskeys, regional spirits, or the latest RTDs. Park Street Liquors. Call 406-782-6278 or stop by at 133 West Park Street. Make your story legendary. Now, let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Why does it seem that Butte always gets the shaft when it comes to environmental cleanup? As my pal Fritz Daly loves to point out, the United States won two world wars thanks largely to Butte. If it wasn't for the old mining city, Fritz says, you might be listening to this bonus podcast in German or Japanese. He's not wrong either. Butte and the minerals taken out of the ground in Butte have been so beneficial to the United States and the world. Yet, when it comes to cleaning up a century's worth of mine waste, Missoula gets cleaned up first? And they ship the contaminated dirt 100 or so miles down the tracks to Opportunity? In Butte, they wanted to dump next to a park. Now, I think they want to dump in the old abandoned neighborhood of the Dublin Gulch. Here's an idea. If a band names itself after a neighborhood, then that neighborhood is never to be considered for a toxic dump site. That sounds about right. However, we are dealing with the Atlantic Richfield Company, the state of Montana, and the so-called Environmental Protection Agency. These are agencies that decided to clean up the Clark Fork watershed by starting near Missoula and working their way back to Butte. Upstream! There is no rational explanation to that other than the old theory that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. We need to be more vocal here in Butte. They don't like us to get all riled up, so we should do exactly that. We should pack the emergency operations center for the 6 p.m. meeting Wednesday and let them know that we are sick of this BS. We gotta let them know that Butte deserves to be cleaned up too. We need to let them know that they need to do it right. We need to demand transparency and we need to do it with some vigor that makes them know that we are serious. That's what today's column is about. You can read it for yourself at ButteCast.com. Tapper Light. Lack of transparency in mine cleanup is scarier than the Centerville Ghost. Late at night on March 1, 1901, the Centerville Ghost made its first appearance in the mining city. According to the Butte Daily Post, two men missed the last streetcar to Centerville after attending a concert in an opera house. As they walked up Main Street, they saw a dark-robed figure emerge from an alley near Center Street. The figure walked in a sort of easy, floating manner between the car rails ahead of the men. As if it was waiting for them, the figure stopped in their path. Then it suddenly whirled to face them, and a ghostly hand flung a veil from its eerie face. The men got a glimpse of its unearthly features shining with blue streaks of sulfur-like lights. As the men froze with fear, the ghost screamed with a piercing loudness, turned and fled down the tracks, moaning as it ran. 
The newspapers in town carried the account of the encounter with the Centerville ghost, and the city was overcome with fright. During the weeks that followed, the ghost roamed about Centerville, Walkerville, and the Dublin Gulch. Women would not leave their homes alone after dark, and men went about armed with guns. The Centerville ghost made sporadic appearances over the next few decades, but on October 31, 1939, a story in the Butte Daily Post reported the truth. Joe Duffy, a then lanky 62-year-old Butte alderman, laundry truck driver, poet, author, and practical joker, revealed that he was behind the ghost story. Duffy's friends Jim McGlynn and Joe Cooney bet him that he could not fool all the people in Butte at one time. So, Duffy made up the story of the two men. He won his bet with the, quote, power of suggestion. That's all he did. He wrote a letter to the papers reporting the first sighting, and imaginations ran wild. It seems that it has never been too difficult to get the people of Butte all riled up. Maybe that is why the Environmental Protection Agency, Atlantic Richfield Company, the state of Montana, and Butte Silver Bow have been so secretive when it comes to Superfund cleanup around town. Trying to sneak some contaminated dirt into the neighborhoods the Centerville Ghost once roamed seems to be the only possible explanation to the confidentiality in dealing with such a serious issue for the people of the mining city. That is exactly what the consent decree signed by former Chief Executive Dave Palmer was, too. It was secretive. It was negotiated in secret, and three and a half years later, not one shovel has hit the ground to complete the cleanup work promised in the decree. The reasons for that are, you guessed it, secret. It seems like they have not settled on a place to dump the contaminated dirt they will be taken out of certain sites around town. The consent decree is an agreement to finish the reclamation work in Butte, as if there really is an end in sight. In 2020, some neighbors of Copper Mountain Park got word that the plan was to dump next to the park, which they still consider an open depository, even after the park and baseball stadium were built there. The outrage expressed by that short-sighted plan forced the EPA, ARCO, the state, and Butte Silver Bowl to reconsider. Days after the outrage began, the groups announced they would not dump there. The not-in-my-neighborhood meeting-goer seemed satisfied with the decision. It wasn't my neighborhood that would be affected, so I was in the group of not-in-any-neighborhood folks. I raised my hand and asked what other places were proposed as possible dumping sites. I was in the back, and I didn't get a good view of the map of such places that so briefly appeared on the PowerPoint presentation. I didn't get a good answer, so I emailed officials of every organization. Weeks went by, and I got nothing but the runaround from all of them. Eventually, John Sesso, the former director of the Butte Silver Bowl Planning Department and former Democratic minority leader of the Montana Senate, called me to tell me why I got the runaround. Sesso said they didn't want me to have a copy of the map because, and I swear on my life of my children this is true, they didn't want me to, quote, write another column to get everyone all riled up. He told me that they were considering sites by the Williamsburg neighborhood because, quote, Williamsburg people don't care about anything, behind Montana Tech, and behind the Granite Mountain Memorial. He told me what I already knew, that they had a map of the proposed sites. But no matter how hard I asked, they would not give it to me. At the meeting, it seemed like there was no difference between the state, EPA, ARCO, and the local government. After that conversation, I knew that was true. Hopefully, they had the best interests of the people at heart when they made their agreements. But if that was the case, why the ongoing secrecy? It appears that even the Butte Silver Bowl Council of Commissioners is still in the dark of the proposed plans to dump. That is why some proposed a resolution demanding transparency. Without transparency, we can only fear the worst. That is why some people have begun to become riled up when they saw some officials sniffing around the Dublin Gulch neighborhood. Is that where they're going to dump? If that's the case, they better be ready to arrest a few people every day if they try, starting with me. 
That neighborhood should be rebuilt, not buried under toxic slime. What an insult that would be to so many people whose families proudly came from the Gulch. Why is it that Butte people don't seem to matter to organizations like the EPA, ARCO, and the state of Montana anyway? When they cleaned up the Milltown Dam, they shipped the contaminated materials to Opportunity. They never considered dumping near a neighborhood near Missoula. In Butte, they seem to be just fine dumping it next to little kids playing on the swings. When Judge Brad Newman ordered the cleanup of Silver Bowl Creek, his order was simply ignored. Apparently, they are going to get away with ignoring that court order too. Don't try that at home. In response to the grumblings of some commissioners, the EPA set a community meeting for 6 p.m. Wednesday at the Emergency Operations Center at 3615 Wynn Avenue. That is the site where the Copper Mountain Park neighbors shouted down the possibility of dumping in their neighborhood. The EOC is in the same building where you get your driver's license renewed, and we should pack the place to let the officials making such a very important decision know we are watching. One thing we have going for us is that we know that they don't like it when we get all riled up. So, slip on your riling shoes, and let's hold the feet of the officials and agencies involved to the fire. This time, the EPA is promising to offer some transparency as it continues to move at a snail's pace when it comes to doing its job, which is supposed to be putting the needs of the environment and citizens over the financial worries of a multi-billion dollar company. So far, though, we know those promises have proven to be as real as Joe Duffy's Centerville ghost. Proud to be from you, America, USA.